Welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. This is the show for customer service managers, VPs of customer experience, and all of you other CXers out there. Every week, we are going to dig into topics, challenges, wins, and updates in the CX and customer service community. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Check us out at CXChronicles.com. Feel free to reach out to us anytime. Thank you so much for being a part of the CX Chronicles Nation. I'm super excited for today's show as we welcome Ilana Brown, Director of Customer Success and Operations at Seven Rooms in New York City. Seven Rooms is a CRM-driven venue management system built for hospitality operators. Ilana oversees the global client relations, beginning with onboarding, through launch, and all support functions thereafter. From neighborhood restaurants to international multi-concept hospitality groups, Seven Rooms empowers operators to create and cultivate the meaningful, direct relationships with guests that make exceptional experiences possible. Founded in 2011 in New York City, the reservation, seating, and guest management solution gives operators the tools that they need to develop direct relationships with their guests, boosting revenue, and enabling personalized service and marketing. Seven Rooms has raised $21.5 million dollars to take this vision and make it a reality. And today, we're going to chat with Ilana Brown all about her journey, her time, and her efforts helping to build Seven Rooms. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Ilana Brown to the CX Chronicles podcast. Fresh Desk, everything you need to redefine your customer support. Keep track of conversations, resolve your customer issues, support your customer across all channels, and increase your team's productivity. Check out Freshdesk at freshdesk.com today. All right. How are we doing, guys? I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. This is the CX Chronicles podcast. Today, we have with us Ilana Brown, Director of Customer Success at Seven Rooms. Ilana, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, guys, it is a cold, snowy day in New York. Um, I'm on the western side of the state in Buffalo. Ilana is in New York City, but we are getting snow over here, guys. So, Ilana, how is how have you been handling it the last day or two over there? It's been a, a little hectic. I don't think anyone was really expecting it. But uh, yesterday was a bit of an ice skating rink out in New York City, but we... We managed to make it through, and the snow is melting already. Good. I saw some awesome photos last night when I was trolling through the uh, through the Instagram feed of all my, my friends in New York City. There were some awesome New York City and Manhattan-based snow pictures last night. Yeah. So, well, Ilana, I would love to hop right into the show. Um, let's take five minutes for you to tell us about how you got started on your customer experience journey. Yeah, sure. So... Um, when I graduated from college, like many people, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I fell into a sales job, which was the easiest job I can get at the time. It made the most sense. And, um, I knew I could make some money doing that. So I started selling 
And what I really didn't like is closing a deal and then having to pass off my deals to everybody else to make successful. Um, so after I did sales for a couple of years, I ended up getting into a bit more of an operations role. Um, I worked at Lot 18, which was an e-commerce wine company, and I was the first account manager. Um, I developed what the position was. Eventually, I, I grew a team. And with that role, what I was doing was um, once the sales team or procurement team in that case was signing a new client, which would be a winery, they were passing it off to us. And so we kind of acted as this operational slash relationship management team um, where we worked with wineries who are unbelievably fun people to work with, um, handling all of the operations. And that's where I realized that I love handling post-contract. I love handling the op side of it. I love dealing with the relationships and all the complexities that come along with all different types of clients and the entire process to getting them either up and running on, in this case, which was a wine sale, um, or in my current case, which is a platform, to the just complete success of them as clients. Um, so since then, I've really been living within the realm of relationship management, um, customer success and operations. I, I love it. That's awesome. I mean, you, you and I, one of the, uh, the things that's been so nice about us, um, um, chatting over the last couple of weeks together, we very much have the same type of background. We both spent time in sales. We've spent almost our entire careers working directly with customers and doing anything we can to, uh, to make them have fantastic experiences, which whatever company we're working at at the given time. Um, I love it. I, I think it's awesome. And I think that, uh, I'm really excited about today's show cause you have a super interesting background and, um, there's just so much that I think that you pick up when you spend, you know, many years working with customers across different businesses, across different platforms, and you really begin to pick up um, a bunch of different themes and reoccurring items that just help kind of make things a little bit easier as you move along and as you as you work into different companies. And with that being said, you know that we spent a ton of time talking about the four CX success pillars here on the show, team, tools, process, and feedback. I'd love for you to tell us, uh, take a couple minutes to tell us about the team structure and organization today at Seven Rooms, your current company. Yeah, so Seven Rooms is a um, hospitality software company. And so we work with restaurants, nightclubs, hotels all over the world. And we started actually in nightlife. And when I started, I was, again, the first customer success person. Nice. Um, and I really started what the organization is. So when I started, I did everything from the moment a contract was signed, all of the production and onboarding, uh, all of the launches and customer success thereafter they were launched, and all of the support as well. And the team has evolved now. My team is about 16 people, and we've split up into different departments. So there's an onboarding team, there's a customer success manager team, there's an operations team, and a support team. Awesome. Aaron. And so the uh, the onboarding team and the customer success managers are paired with each other. Um, each CSM is paired with an onboarder, and they represent what their mini onboarding team is. Uh, and they're responsible for making sure that the customer not only gets up and running on the platform and onboarding and launching, um, but then the success of them on the platform thereafter. That's fantastic. Yeah, the, the team structure has evolved a lot over the last couple of years, for sure. Um, how it first kind of got split out was the, the first person that I hired that was not just a generalist CSM uh, was a support rep. So we first split out 
support because, you know, working at a SaaS business, it's a very technical platform, a very rich platform. And the, the requirements in order to be successful on the support side definitely were more technical. Um, and then only in the last year have I really split out onboarding and customer success managers because one of the major goals of the company was getting people onboarded as quickly as possible um, so that we can recognize revenue as quickly as possible. We don't recognize revenue until that client is actually live. Uh, that makes so perfect you, sense. Yeah. And so, Ilana, I love the fact that 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 you're talking about onboarding because you know uh, it's this is this is actually something that we've gotten a bunch of feedback from 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 some of the listeners, and this is this is actually one of the big themes that's come up a few times. People are are interested in learning more about onboarding, how to how to increase the focus on onboarding within their company. Um, as many folks know, right, that you're with any company, it doesn't matter if you are a hospitality platform or a consultancy agency or uh, you're selling, you know, coffee cups, that your ability to have an awesome experience right out of the gates with your customer is oftentimes what sets up the rest of the flow of the relationship. So getting things right out of the gate, it's just so, so big. It's so huge. Um, now, as you said, it, 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 this didn't happen overnight. You didn't know how to how to sort of parse through like what, what this looked like on day one. But what are some of the things that you guys do from a systems and a tools uh, and a process and a workflow perspective to actually shake out over time that you needed to think about onboarding and that you needed to think about parsing out the team in such an organized and focused fashion? Yeah, so it was not a, a short road. Um, so when I hired the first customer success manager, well, I could even backtrack a little bit. Everybody did onboarding and customer success management always. Okay. About a year ago, um, I hired one person, and and he he ended up doing all of the administrative tasks for onboarding. And what we realized is obviously one person was not enough to be doing this. But what we also realized was that he can play a much larger role with onboarding. So a year ago today, we had one onboarder, uh, again, and he was focused on administrative tasks. Okay. And today we have five onboarders. Wow. So what we've learned over the last year is how important onboarding is. It's the first impression of the organization and it is the absolute key to a happy client it is the key to reducing churn. If somebody's not set up properly on the platform, then it is a, it is a long struggle in order to reconfigure and rejigger everything to make it work for them. And if it, if you set up the foundation to be successful from the beginning, what we found is it's a much smaller headache for uh, the customer success managers. They tend to inquire less regarding support. So it, they're all roads led to we need an onboarding team. Now, in the last year, we've also evolved a lot in the process. Having one person do everything is much different than having to have some sort of communication tactics between different people. Sure. So we've always used Salesforce. I implemented Salesforce four years ago, literally the day I started at Seven Rooms. Nice. And we <laughs> use that as an operational tool, very much so. So once a contract is signed, um, we utilize Salesforce to track a lot of the different production items in order to get somebody live. I love that. But what we also do now is onboarders are using Trello. Yep. So yet another system. So there's yep. so many different systems that we use. And I wish that there was one that, you know, was perfect and can do everything and communicate perfectly with everybody. But right now we just have not found that one system. So 
We use a mixture of Salesforce and Trello. We also have third-party partners. We work through Asana with them. Nice. Um, and we also use Totango. So we've been implementing that over the last year as well, uh, which is more of an engagement platform, but does allow us to automate some of the onboarding functionalities, like when people set different things up, because there are things that they need to do versus things we need to do. Um, and so being able to automate some of those functions through integrations amongst the different systems uh, and just process amongst ourselves has has made onboarding significantly faster. That's awesome. Um, I wanted, You said something that I want to go back to with Salesforce and onboarding. Um, can you give the CX Nation some ideas around? So, uh, you know, Elon, as you know, many of the listeners of the show, right? They're they're building their their, their startup. They're 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 trying to get this thing off the ground. That maybe they've just set up Salesforce. What were some of the the kind of the quick quick wins and low hanging fruit that you use for Salesforce specifically related to onboarding out of the gate? Was it was it was it building out reports that showed you exactly what the first couple steps of the customer journey looked like? Was it building out dashboards that indicated whether or not um, a customer was successfully engaged in using the product within the first you know uh, ten or twenty or thirty days? Can you give us a little bit more color around what that looked like? Yeah, so we actually never we we now do have Salesforce semi integrated with our backend. So we do have some engagement uh, metrics within Salesforce. But the way that we started using Salesforce was a, a sales rep signs a new deal, which was an opportunity. Okay, and and the the easiest way to get this off the ground without having too much customization, because I'm pretty well versed in Salesforce. Well, versus, and also I, I love Salesforce so much. <laughs> many, um, many folks that listen to the show do love Salesforce. Yeah, and many folks also don't. I know, fair, totally I fair. I personally love it. Yep. I think it's amazing. I think that once, when, when you have the knowledge on how to customize it, it can be an incredibly powerful tool. Um, so, so we use opportunities and we actually built the onboarding flow within an opportunity. So a contract was signed and then there were many different, we have many, many, many different tasks in order to get somebody live. So they were they were as simple as just check boxes and pick lists and um, and dates and whatnot. And I also love Salesforce reporting. So I use a lot of Salesforce reporting. And what I'm able to do is build reports based on different statuses that different clients are in based on where they should be. So whether it was they have to submit a floor plan, which is a very important part of our onboarding process. Sure. We, somebody marks off, is the floor plan submitted? Um, and, you know, then we have a report that says all of the people who don't have a floor plan submitted. So things that, you know, seem pretty obvious were, were huge game changers for us once we were able to implement a little bit at a time. And once we were able to solve for some of these pain points with the communication between different people. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Um, that makes perfect sense. And yeah. you know what I love, I love about that, Elon, is just that like that notion of expectation setting and goal setting with your customers early on, it's so, so critical. And whether it's, whether it's literally picking up a series of forms or pick lists or checklists that run through and ensure that you're literally capturing all of the variables and the information required to successfully set those expectations and to create those goals early on with your customer, it is going to make such an, such a massive difference in, in your company's, uh, long-term performance. Yeah. 
completely. So what about um, with with process and workflow? Um, I heard there's a number of awesome things that you guys are working on, but how did you guys sort of go about building and managing and, and, and just unearthing and learning how you had to put all these different process and workflow segments together with your team at Seven Rooms? So when I started, I built a Word doc that had all of the different <laughs> nice. things that needed to get nice. done. And it yep. was crazy. And we would we would send over this Word doc to all of our customers. And it was helpful. There, there were a lot of things that we were doing for them. And as we grew and as we scaled, we needed to have them doing more things. So whether it was something as simple as I used to look up addresses of clients so that I could set their account up. We, we don't, not only do we not want to, but we can't because not everybody has the correct address in Google. You, you would think that they would, or not, not every restaurant has a unique name. So the, the process of having them fill out more information was a really big shift in our organization. So we developed onboarding forms and we, we were using JotForm, and now we use Formstack for Salesforce. And the benefit of Formstack for Salesforce is that it is all integrated with Salesforce. So not, with JotForm, they would submit a form, and somebody on the CS team, their CSM theory, would mark off in Salesforce that the, the onboarding form has been complete, and now it's on us. Okay. Now, with, with Formstack for Salesforce, they submit their, their form there's a ton of information that's pre-populated yep. into Salesforce, and we also have a date as to when they submitted the form. So from a tracking perspective, it's really helpful because previously I would say, how long does it take from contract sign to get live? And I wouldn't really have much information on how long things are sitting in individual stages, but now I know how long does it take from the time they actually complete the onboarding form to getting live. Awesome. And that allows that that allows for so much more just I can dig in so much deeper to see where is the holdup? Is it that people aren't filling out the forms? Because if it is, then maybe they weren't really ready to sign a contract or maybe their restaurant's not open. Yep. So we're, we're able to get so much deeper into the, the process and, and the struggles that people are having with getting people live. Cause again, that is one of the number one, that is the one, two, three goal of the company is recognizing revenue as quickly as possible. So getting people live as fast as possible. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. So in addition to that, uh, as a replacement to another replacement to this Word doc that I created four years ago, we now have an onboarding website. So in Squarespace, we launched it's welcome.sevenrooms.com, and it is the entire process in order to get live. So all of the different things that you're going to need to do, you need to submit your form, you need to order your hardware, you need to sign up for trainings. You need to set up a configurations call or an account setup call with your CSM. So it guides you through all of the different steps that are needed to be taken in order to get live. So it reduces the requirement for so much back and forth and reminders about what needs to be done on the account side. I love it. How long did it take you guys to come up with uh, realizing that you were getting the same types of reoccurring questions early on, the same types of follow-up points from new or potential customers? How long did it take you guys to get to the point where you literally just put it all together on the website and, and directed these folks right back towards this expectations checklist? So I would say over the course of a year, we, we developed what the onboarding website is. And it went from that original Google, that original Word doc that had nine things to do on it. Um, and the platform has also 
become a lot more complex and there's a lot more requirements in order to get live. So the need the the as that doc grew, we decided, oh, yeah, I think we need an onboarding packet. And the packet was changing so much as the platform changed so much that we needed something that we can easily change. And that, you know, when once people have this doc, they were passing it around, they were referencing it, things were changing, things were different. And so then we were like, we need to create this website. So then we, we took about two months to really get the website up and running. And it's a work in progress. It always is as we change process, as we, you know, integrate with different hardware and as we have different uh, you know, different ways to sign up for trainings. We, we are always changing this welcome website, but it's so much easier to do it through a website. Um, even if it's one page, which it was originally now it's, you know, six different sections of a website. That's, that makes perfect sense. You're literally changing things every, every, so probably on some weeks, it feels like you're changing things every day, right? So yeah. if that's the world that we live in, and let's face it, most of us that are putting together these companies and trying to scale these things at a quick pace, it's, you have to, you're constantly building, building the plane while you're flying it in the air. So to be able yeah. to, 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 to piece that content together and constantly keep a live living doc like that is huge. I love it. Um, it, it, it gives me it makes me think about a bunch of different ideas just for again any company there's so many different ways that they could leverage this to have really really sound starting points to their customer relationships that's huge yeah it's been incredibly helpful just to not have stale documents living all over the place yeah yeah no I, as much fun as that is elon <laughs> it's better to just <laughs> keep it keep it keep it organized for sure for sure yeah um so i i have to ask you um you have a ton of uh, experience and information and just 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 knowledge around this topic. What are some ideas or some tips that you would give other startup founders when they're thinking about how they can optimize and build out their first real onboarding focus? So one of one of the things that we did was, like I said, everybody was a customer success manager at first before we actually built this onboarding function. And because it changed so much, had I had I started building onboarding initially, I don't know if it would be what it is today. I have no idea how it would have worked. But the knowing what's important to the customer as their clients, like as their live clients, helped shape what onboarding is. Yep. So at first, it was just get these people live, get whatever information you need, train them up and get them ready to go and go. Sure. And then as I worked more and more with clients, I realized what is important for a successful client and how can we set the foundation properly in the onboarding. And I think that, you know, as an early stage company, had we tried to, had we not backed into what onboarding was, I don't know how, how it would have been. Um, I think that the order in which we did it was definitely correct and, and worked really well for us specifically. Uh, but backing into what onboarding was it, is the approach that, that we took for sure. Okay. And, and backing into it. So just, just help me understand. So like when you were talking about what I kind of heard and what I was sort of envisioning, like when you were putting this together, was there an actual map out or an actual uh, literally like a process draw out of all the different things that that customer needed or touch points that maybe were happening for getting those early customer expectations? How did you guys do that when you were sort of backing your way into it? 
So we just got to know our customers really, really well. We spent a lot of time with them. We recognized what was important for them to have set up properly on the platform initially. I mean, there was a lot of requirements. For instance, a floor plan, you need that in order to go live. Yep. But onboarding at the beginning, honestly, it felt like an it felt like an afterthought. Hmm. It customer success once they were live, that's what felt like that's what needed the attention. We need to make sure that these people are happy and that they don't turn. Yes. And and now onboarding is the most important thing. Like people underestimate the importance of onboarding. It's setting up a proper foundation for your customers to thrive on the platform. If they don't set things up correctly and you're using a customized approach, then the likelihood of their success great greatly diminishes. Yep. So you're chasing after settings and configurations and misnomers about how the platform should act when really if it was set up properly in the first place, you you wouldn't have to do that. So yes. I, I think that just understanding who, who your customers are and what's important to them and what the customizations are and why all your customers are so different that allowed us to create what this most seamless or we hope is the most seamless way to onboard a customer today is. Yep. No, I love it. And, and there's another thing that you just mentioned that I'm really glad you brought up. Why are you doing onboarding? Why are you focused on it? Why are you investing in it? You just said you brought up one of the glaring points that we're trying to go after churn churn mitigation stopping the stopping the uh you know the the flow of customers leaving your business right and if you're setting those expectations early you really make a massive dent and a massive impact in reducing churn do you guys um you spend a lot of time thinking about churn at seven rooms ilana today i'm sure we spend a ton of time thinking about churn. Aside from recognizing revenue and getting clients live as fast as possible, churn is my churn is my other main focus. I love it. Um, and well, it's actually not my main focus because we have amazing churn rates, and it is my In focus. In our conversations, from a you blew my mind with your churn rates. <laughs> yeah, we have maintained less than one percent churn for the entire life of our company, and Huge. we continue continue to to hold that less than one percent um and it's amazing and really what we look at when people do churn if it's if it's something that we felt we could have controlled what i find is that a lot of what we could have controlled could have been controlled in the onboarding are they not fully engaged or they're not using all the functionality all of that stuff could could and should have been caught earlier on before they came to us saying we don't really want to use this anymore um, if they were you, if they had high engagement and they were using everything properly and they were trained properly, then they may not have churned. Yep. So yes, churn, reducing churn and and maintaining a low churn rate is definitely the name of the game. There's really no reason to get these people up and running if they're going to leave you anyway. Absolutely, spot on. <laughs> yep. And guys, guys listening, it's really it's like if you're not thinking about your company's churn rate today. And if you're not thinking about how to collect information and feedback and get some real color on why customers stop using your business or stop using your service or stop coming into your store, you've got to get on that immediately. It's one of the easiest ways that you can begin to see why people are leaving uh, leaving your business and you immediately start fixing those items. You start improving those items and you start getting better at it right away. 
So yeah, exactly. Well, look, that is the, the, this is awesome. There's a, so much value in here, Ilana. There's so much good stuff that you're sharing with with the Six Nation here. Um, I really think that this is some awesome stuff. And in terms of wrapping up the show, I, I wanted to make sure that number one, where can folks uh, listening to the show that want to get in touch with you, talk more about some of this awesome CX and CS stuff that we're talking about, or or just learn more about Seven Rooms and the Seven Rooms CX and CS team? Um, where can where can folks get in touch with you yeah so if you want to learn more about seven rooms of course visit our website it's awesome we have an awesome platform um we work with restaurants and nightclubs and hotels all over the world we have a fun team um you can definitely visit our website check out our careers page i'm always hiring my team is constantly growing whether it's a csm or an onboarder or operations or support there's always a role um and if you want to get in touch with me, you can absolutely email me. I love talking about customer success. I love talking about onboarding. I love talking about support and making sure that customers are happy um, and that, you know, if you do need help with your team, whatever it may be, you could email me at alana at sevenrooms.com. It's I-L-A-N-A. I'm always down for a chat. I love it. Well, look, I'm going to be taking you up on that offer again, because even though we've had a bunch of awesome chats already, I've already you've already made me think of a few other things that I might have to hit you up offline and chat through because I've got some some specific things that I actually I know that you'll be able to, to, to add a ton of value to and give me some ideas for. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, it was my pleasure having you on the show. I want you to please keep in touch with the CX Nation. I'd love to maybe even have you back on in the future as you guys keep growing that team out and as Seven Rooms keeps growing and taking over uh, taking over the space. But thank you so much for joining, and uh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure here. Hey, guys. Adrian brady Shazana here, founder and head of customer experience at CX Chronicles. If you're looking for help with your customer experience and customer service optimization, please feel free to reach out to info at cxchronicles.com today. Um, We can help you with customer journey mapping. We can help you with living playbook creation. We can help you with customer voice, uh, control build-outs. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me or the team. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles. Be sure to subscribe, save, and share with all of your fellow CXers. And until next time, make happiness a habit, CX Chronicles Nation. Check us out at cxchronicles.com. 